2015. I'm John Cruikshank, and I'm interviewing Anne Autry. So, Anne, um, would you please tell us a little bit about um, where you were born, where you grew up? Well, I was born here in Griffin. I've lived here all my life, grew up here, graduated high school here, and started working here. And uh, my senior year in high school, I worked after school from March and, until I was hired full-time in June. And i worked here ever since. You worked here in your senior year? Yes. Oh, okay. I worked part-time in the afternoons for Dr. Woodruff. Mm -hmm. And um, so did you, what about your family? Did you have any siblings? I, my sister worked here right before I did. She uh, traveled with her husband and she got a job with Dr. Woodruff here and worked just a few months because she was pregnant at the time and she had a baby and when she left I got her job. Ah, so that's what gave you the idea to come here? Is it? Yes, oh, okay. it's because she worked here and then Dr. Woodruff went to Mrs. Neely who taught the business courses at the high school and so and asked her about me and you know she recommended me and I came here and I've been here ever since. <laughs> And like I said, though, when my daughter was born in 1958, I was out a year till she was a year old. Then I came back to work. I had a son. I was just I just took a maternity leave for six weeks when he was born. Then when my daughter was born, I was out a year. Other than that, I worked continuously. So what was your primary job uh, when you first started working here? I was a secretary to Dr. Woodruff, mm -hmm. typing letters, correspondence, papers. So uh, in the years that you worked here, were you working ex exclusively for the head of that department? Or yes, I was. Did you do any work at all for the director of the campus? No, I did not. But you had quite a bit of interaction, did you, with, with the director? Well, in the latter years, I had more more action with Dr. Arkin than the others mm -hmm. because I don't know why, but I didn't do any work per se for him, though. I just worked for the heads of the department here. Um, I'm just curious to know uh, what kind of access you had to information about what was going on. Were you attending faculty meetings? Yes, uh, I would take notes at faculty meetings. The whole time you were here? Or? Well, mostly the whole time I was mm -hmm. here, but mm -hmm. mostly in the latter years when Dr. Nakayama became department head, I was more involved in faculty meetings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it helped with the budget and all that, too. And um, looking back over the years, um, what um, strikes you as the, the most significant changes that occurred when you were here? Of course, the most significant is having, a, we started with grad students way back several years ago. And we, Dr. Bouchaw had the first grad student on the campus, and he was in our department. And then 
the most significant change is when they built the Student Learning Center and started taking undergrads here. And what year was that? That was, I guess, 2005, wasn't it? Yes, it was not too long ago. So they were taking graduate students way back in the 50s, is that right? Well, Dr. Bouchard came here in 72, oh, so okay. it was in the 70s, oh, I'm sure they the started the grad students. Oh, okay. And up until then, it was strictly research. Strictly research, and we had cows and mm -hmm. pigs and everything on the station, and even had peaches and hmm. crops, you know. Um, of the people you knew or worked with, uh, who impressed you personally or professionally the most? Of course, Dr. Doyle did, because he's a, he was an expert when he came here in food safety and foodborne diseases and he really impressed me with his knowledge and his dedication to the food safety. And when, when did he come here? He came in 1991. Oh, okay. And so he was your immediate supervisor? Yes, okay. he was. I was his administrator. Okay. Oh, since 1991 until I retired. So it's, um, what is it that impressed you about him? It's his knowledge? Or? His knowledge and his, uh, his stamina, that he could keep going and, and he could close out everything around him and concentrate on his, on his work. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was a fair person too. He treated everybody fairly. And, but most of all, he was just an expert in what he did, and that impresses me. So, so he spent most of his time doing research. Did he spend much time just doing administrative work? You know? Of course, he had to do a lot of administrative work since he was center director. Mm -hmm. And before that, he was department head, and then he took department head for Oh, five or six years, he was department head over this in Athens, and he'd spend two days a week in Athens and three days here, mm -hmm. you know, going back and forth. But mostly, he did a lot of administrative work, but he was also over the research in his lab. Um, could you uh, describe your friendships uh, with those you've worked with here on the UGA Griffin campus? You know, tell us a little bit about your friendships. Well, I have developed a lot of friends, and and I still am friends with a bunch of them. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people come and go, but and they'll always, you know, speak when I see them downtown and how are you doing and what's going on at the station and things like that, but... Uh, so most of the people you get to know, are they mostly in your department, or did you get to know many people well, outside because, your department? Well, because we were mostly research and lab work, we didn't get out and about like the ones that did the field work mm. and stuff, but I, you know, I was friends with the business office and the, you know, the ones around that had something to do with our jobs. Mm -hmm. I was friends with all of them. But other than that, you know, mostly we didn't get out and meet everybody like the field workers did, the ones that did field research. Mm -hmm. 
So did you end up having a lot of friends here so in your personal life? Did you go out with people after work or was it pretty much confined to, to work? It was work pretty life? much confined to the work mm -hmm. sometimes. What was the most challenging time of your employment? The most challenging <laughs> the most time was challenging. the budget. Uh, when we had budget cuts and then I had to, they didn't let us hire anybody and I had to do everything like purchasing, correspondence, being an assistant to the director. And I was the only one here for a while. That was very challenging. But it worked out and we've got, you know, more people hired now that are doing more. But, so it was a challenge because of the workload? And because of the budget cuts. You know, we've had a lot of budget cuts in the last several years. So it was pretty much near the end, then uh, that's when it was most challenging for you? Well, not exactly. I think we had challenging times, you know, all along. But the budget issues, was that mainly The budget near the end? Ash issue was the main thing that we couldn't hire people to do the work. How far back did that problem go? I mean, when you were here in the 50s and early 60s, was it a problem back then? Well, the budget was handled differently then because the station, like the director of the station, did the budgets and he doled out money to each department. But later on, and I can't remember the years, but everything moved to Athens and they handled the budget from the dean and director over there and they doled out the money and it was... Uh, so, so at what point did that happen? Maybe roughly 10 years in or can you, can you make a probably, guess? Probably about 10 years in. No, probably about, I'd say 20 years oh, in. Oh, 20 years in, okay. Because so around 1980, probably. Probably, I'm. I'm not sure though. I couldn't right. say the dates. Sometime in the late, sometime in the 70s, maybe yeah. late 70s, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, during the civil rights era, uh, was there was there any racial tension here among personnel? No. You weren't aware of mm -hmm. anything not that at I all. I was aware of any. Nothing at no. all. Mm. Um, so you lived and grew up in Griffin. Um, what does the campus mean to the, to the community? What did it mean to the community early on? And well, how did that change over time? Well, a lot, uh, when I was in high school, a lot of people came up here. They picked cotton, you know, in the summertime, and they worked in the peach orchards picking peaches and all. But then they did away with all that and, you know, changed their research focus. And it meant a lot to the young people in Griffin to have summer jobs and things. And then it kind of evolved into more lab work and stuff like that. And now people that are in the sciences in college, they usually get more lab jobs than the ones that pick the peaches and the cotton and the other crops, you know, that they grew. 
so really, I suppose early on, maybe in the 60s, uh, mm -hmm. there's uh, a lot more attraction to the general population, I suppose, because of that? Well, maybe not a lot more attraction, but I think it's always meant a lot to the uh, administration of Griffin that this has been a main focus of the uh, city here. The, campus here and then Dr. Arkin came along and he really stirred up the people about the Griffin campus and you know we had a vote one time to make Gordon to to move make a junior college in Griffin and they voted it down and that's when Gordon became a university part of the Board of Regents and then so Dr. Arkin when he came he he started working on the city officials to make this, you know, more of a campus. And I don't know how many students they have now, but it's really evolved. You know, a lot of people locally anyway like to have this so they don't have to travel and they can have families and still take their students. So before 2005, it was just grad students, I believe, right? Uh, they didn't start taking undergraduate students till 2005. Mm, until, uh, How many graduate students came here uh, up until 2005, would you say? Well, I know Dr. Bouchard in, in the food science department had more than anybody on campus for a long time, and I couldn't, I couldn't even guess, because we used to keep a list of them. Would it be dozens? Would it be yes, dozens. dozens? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And they were masters and PhD students. Um, so, can you tell me anything about, uh, I mean, you've done a lot of administrative work here, you've seen a lot of documents, I'm just curious to know what you can tell us about um, the relationship between Athens and Griffin? Well, I think, you know, we had a pretty good relationship, mainly because at one time Dr. Doyle was head there and head here too, and, and that made for smoother work. But I think sometimes there was a little jealousy maybe, you know, among the like I'm, I can only speak for food science because that was what I was in. But I think that we were not recognized as much as we could have been or should have been because, um, you know, because of our work. And a lot of people would go to Athens because they liked the campus life rather than Griffin you know, doing things like that, but all in all, I believe we had a pretty good relationship. Maybe just a little envy or jealous or something. You're saying a lot of people went to Athens because of the difference in social life and so on. Yes. Is that, are you talking about faculty? You're talking about faculty. everybody? Faculty, faculty as well. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. yeah, because most of the people here were local people, the staff, mm -hmm. and they would Hmm. Um, so how did uh, early technology, computers, when computers came along, how did that affect the campus? How did it affect your work? 
Oh, well, of course it made it much easier. We started out with manual type typewriters. Mm -hmm. Then I had an electric typewriter. Then we had those uh, typewriters that would had memory with them. Then we had a wine system, which uh, was a computer of sorts, but it was put out by Wang. And, uh, Wang, W-A-N-G? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we went with that a long time, and then the PCs came into being, and of course. So with the Wang system, you were able to sort of erase things a lot more easily, right? Oh, Is yeah. That right? yeah. Uh -huh. You could type over. A, so that would have been uh -huh. a huge difference. Huge difference. <laughs> Much, much easier. Uh -huh. And yeah. even much easier than those uh, memory typewriters oh, yeah. because you'd have to print out everything. And, and those wouldn't really erase, would they? No. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you could take it out, but it still, it just wasn't as efficient. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, Let's see, let's go through the, the people you worked for. I mean, the first person was Dr. Woodruff. Right? Dr. Woodruff, uh-huh. And then who, who was next? Let's see, Dr. James Marion. James Marion. Mm-hmm. And then, let's go he through the, yeah. Mm -hmm. He stayed here two years, and then he went to Goldkist. And Mr. Cal Heaton was the interim department head during that time. Then Dr. Nakayama came, and then um, Dr. Doyle came after Dr. Tommy Nakayama. How long was uh, Dr. Nakayama here? Let's see. Dr. Marion left in 60, let's see, 69. Dr. Nakayama was here until 91, but in the meantime, he took a two-year hiatus and was director of the Peanut Crisp Project, and Mr. Heaton was interim again during that time. But then Dr. Nakayama retired in 1990 or 91, and Dr. Doyle came in January of 91. So you were working for Dr. Nakayama for around 20 years then, right? Must have been yes. close to uh -huh. 20 years. Mm -hmm. mm. And um, No, I, I left out one. Mm -hmm. I thought I didn't work for him that long. After Dr. Mary and Dr. Lauren Schufelt came. Okay. How long was he here? He, he was here until 1976, and he had a heart attack and died in December of 76. And then, in the meantime, Mr. Heaton was the interim there until Dr. Nakayama came, probably in 77. And he stayed till 91, except for the two years he was Peanut Crisp director. Did you work for Dr. Boshai? Well, he, he was interim once in a while. Oh, okay. He would be the acting department head. And they tried to give him the job when Dr. I believe it was Dr. Doyle came. Mm -hmm. But he he didn't want it because of his health. He said he couldn't 
he couldn't take the stress, and so Dr. Bouchon was the chairman. I mean, he was the head, acting head, in between a lot of those times. Mm -hmm. But he was never permanent head. Okay, uh, is there anything else that you want to bring up, talk about? Um, we just, we've been, anything else uh, before I stop here? I, well, is there anything else you want to know? Okay, let me just. Uh, when we were looking uh, through some old photographs just a few minutes ago, and. Uh, you recognize a lot of people, I guess, back in the 70s and um, yeah. 70s 60s. and 80s, certainly, uh -huh. even in the 60s, I guess. And uh, uh, so, how do those times strike you as being different than in your last years here? What are the main things that um, come up in your head? What, what things do you think about? Well, mostly I think about how things have changed since that time, how they've improved the station, how they've paved the roads, and uh, they've done away with a bunch of crops and animals. That's an improvement? <laughs> no, that's not an improvement. Yeah. But they've improved the station. But uh, they, I think they've improved it by adding the undergrads. Mm -hmm students and uh, and I think a lot of times though they tend to lose their focus on the research part and I think research is very important mm -hmm. so and uh, what about people do you think um, they behave any differently now than they did in the 50s and the 60s do they behave differently? Do they behave differently, or do you, do you, did you find it easier to get along with people back then than you do now, or is there a difference? <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. I think it's, it all depends on your personality. Mm -hmm. If you, some people get along with people better than others, and, and some people are not going to get along with anybody. And there's been very few that I could not get along with at all in my 50-something years here. And you were just saying that, uh, you are just telling me earlier that um, you weren't allowed to wear pants, I guess, until no. <laughs> quite recently, actually. Yeah, actually, even when Dr. Jackson was here, I believe he didn't allow the ladies to wear pants in his office. And maybe Dr. Arkin, I can't remember, but they just uh, started wearing pants probably in the 80s, maybe, 70s, late 70s and 80s, but they had to wear dresses. And were there a lot more activities, social activities on the campus back then, back yes, in the 60s? Yes, we used to have picnics on Saturdays, you know, for the whole station. Of course, we were much smaller then. Weekly? No. How often would you have Maybe them? a couple of times a year we'd oh, have okay. picnics yeah. and get-togethers, and sometimes we'd have, well, still now we have the Thanksgiving and, you know, the Christmas breakfast and things like that. but. 
we'd have uh, things for the families like picnics on Saturdays and things like that. We were looking at uh, photographs earlier and uh, I was surprised that you could remember all those names, I mean, going way back. And, oh, yeah. I mean, just right off the top of your head, no hesitation at all. Really? Did you, it sounded like that to me. Did you, how well did you know some of these people? Um, well, did you? we were so small back then, you knew everybody oh. and you worked closely with them. Uh, I guess you would say I knew them pretty well because of the size of the station, you got to know people better. And now there's so many people you don't, you know, you just don't get out and about. But like I said, we did, in our department, we didn't get out and about because we did mostly lab work and not field work. But we did know the people in the business offices, director's office, and different places like that. So in the early 60s, um, you know, where you worked, how many people would there have been there, like in your building? In my building, there probably would have been, oh, maybe 15 or 20. Oh, so you Maybe really... less than that. So you're probably interacting with them many times every day with just about yes. everyone. Uh-huh. Okay. That's right. And how did you interact with them? I mean, you, uh, they would go to your office and I suppose you would type things up for people. But yes, I did. did you I typed go, for everybody. Did you go to their labs? And no, they came anything? to the office. Uh-huh. And so, but there was a time way back in the late 50s and early 60s where Dr. Woodruff was department head and they would do uh, processing on turnip greens and green beans and things and and they would make a list and if we didn't have, if we were not real busy in the office, we'd go and help them snap green beans, wash them and get them done like that. Mm -hmm. But they would make a chart, you know, who would do what. How, how often did you do that sort of thing? Well, we did it probably during the summer when the crops were ready. Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, did that take a lot of time or is it just something no, you did very rarely? No, it didn't take a lot of time, but it was, one, it was occasionally we'd have to do that. Hmm. A few times a month? <laughs> well, a couple of times a, a month, times maybe. A month, yeah. So you were actually in the labs working with them sometimes then? Well, in the processing plant. They call it the pilot plant. Oh, okay. I didn't work in the lab to do analyses or anything. Did you set foot in the labs at all? Yes. But, you know... What were you doing in there? Just saying hello? Well, you know, (laughs) get time cards signed, things like that. Oh, I see. You know, just doing my regular job. Yeah. And getting in touch with people. So really your job required you to go around and interact quite a bit with everyone there. Yes, I see. Well, uh, I think it's just about time to wrap things up. Is there anything that you would like to say um, before we close here? 
Was it, is there anything I'd like to say? Yeah, absolutely anything. Well, I'll tell you, this was the best thing that ever happened to me was getting a job here. Mm -hmm. When I did, fresh out of high school and working 50-something years, and, and besides all the experience and the people I met, you know, there's a lot of culture here. And also, the benefits were good and great, and I just liked it. And I had planned to retire years ago when I had 30 years, and then my husband died in January, and I was planning to retire that summer. But I just kept working after that, and, and it ended up being 52 years service that I retired with, so. And then I'm still working part-time now. What are you doing now? Well, I'm helping with the annual meeting this year, but I would just help in the office, you know, do whatever they needed me to do. Because of the budget cuts, they had not replaced my job. They just put a girl that was already there in it, and we had to just redivide the duties. And so, oh, so, so you retired in 2009, right? Yes. <laughs> right in the really bad economic, we were all in a really bad economic situation uh -huh. in 2008, 2009. Yeah, last so. year was the first time they'd gotten a raise since then, right. since before the year before right. then. So I retired at a good time. So they were in dire need of your help right, right when you retired. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sounds like. Well, they, I worked half time, just about half time the first year or so. And then I kept cutting it back until I got down to one day a week and then now I'm just helping when the annual meeting comes around and they'll start working on that in October and it'll be over in the first of March, so that's what I do. Um, going way back, um, Dr. Woodruff, he did a, um, a lot of work on frozen foods, I think, didn't mm -hmm. he? Um, developed bird's eye. Bird's eye, yes, he was real, he worked closely with Clarence Bird's eye. So you were involved in all that. And what, yeah. Were you involved in some ways? What did you do? Did you have anything no, to do with I, that at all? No, just, just the type and the regular secretarial work. I didn't have anything to do. So you were typing up all their scientific papers yes. and things? Yes, yeah. uh, correspondence and things like that. And Dr. Woodruff dictated a lot, so I had to transcribe my notes. Was that difficult? Was he a real taskmaster? <laughs> what was that Well, like? he was a real taskmaster, but he did pretty good dictating. And that went on, how long was that going on, that project with the frozen foods, developing that? I can't remember, but when I first came here, they, had all, they were already working with that frozen food, but they had a quartermaster project too, where they did all the quartermaster rations. They would store them and see how long they would keep. And then we would have taste tests on them, and we were expected to do the taste panels on them. And there were a lot of four-in-one, five-in-one rations and uh, things like that. So were they already marketing this stuff? Uh, was it already on the market when, when you started here? Uh, no. 
they were doing the test. The quartermaster corps gave them a bunch of money. It was a grant from quartermaster to see how long they would keep. When, when did the business start? When, when did they start getting into the business of, you know, bird's eye company and marketing all this? You know, that was right before I started. Oh, that I, okay. Mm -hmm, I wasn't really, I, I couldn't really tell you about that. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's nothing else, nothing else you want to talk about, uh, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up now. Okay. And uh, perhaps um, we can have another go at it a bit later. Okay. Uh, if you need something, I'll be available. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. I enjoyed talking to you. Okay. Bye for now. Goodbye.